this week I am positive that it is episode 341. I went in blind last week and wasn't sure, and Melanie had me all discombobulated. We added somebody new. Today I didn't even invite her to the podcast, so we're taping you know, hours later because you know the invitation wasn't there. And Hey, we're all here. That's what counts. You know what? We, uh, we talked during our staff meeting today about uh, not being afraid to admit when you make mistakes, mistakes. and yeah. we appreciate you just already putting that right into yeah. practice. Good well, job, Randy. And, yeah. you know, but I guess I should own that I could have said something too, so... Well, and honestly, and I could have asked. I so. just didn't. So there think, we go. I just didn't. We're think all of it. on on point. So and hey, I do have a I have a request. Uh oh, go for it. We're nine episodes away, so I don't feel like um. You know, I feel like at three fifty, we keep not doing awesome things. That's true. We, we don't. need to do something awesome for three fifty. We need to go somewhere. Mm. We need to. We need to do like a one with where where people can come in and. Man, three fifty. Where where um hmm. I vote for Hawaii. Yeah. Ooh. I'm I'm with you that. <laughs> Ooh. Or a cruise. We yeah, just do a, the podcast cruise version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just it. a weekend, right? Like a long weekend. Yeah. So, you know, whoever wants to sponsor that, <laughs> let us know. Podcast at wholelife.church. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. We're and just looking for a We'll really send, large sponsor. We'll send you our Venmo. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Although, unexpected challenges. So now we have an unexpected challenge, and that's what we talked about this week. And now we have one for 350 So if you have an idea of, hey, I've got a cool backyard. I'd be willing to throw a pizza in the stone brick oven that I have in my backyard yeah. and mm-hmm. feed a bunch of people that came over. They That'd be great. a dessert business, you know, Ooh, whatever. Because yeah. I'm still, still really wanting that gelato. Mm. We gotta find some more. We gotta find a gelato place. Maybe that's it. My heart is broken. That one just closed down. And I know, just, but we had the best time, and that's why we need to. That's why we need to go outside our walls. Yeah. Podcast three fifty. If you have any ideas, let us know. I would. Uh, at this point, all offers will be listened to. <laughs> yeah. the closer we get, we'll start whittling it down. But tell me who Josephus is. Because I, I know, did not do a good job of explaining that, did I? No, no, you did, you did, but you, I mean, and you, you kind of gave us a little, a little background. But for as important as this guy seems to be, yeah, we don't hear. The, I mean, it's not like you hear that. I've heard of Bocephus, but I've never heard of Josephus. And I'm like, so who in the world is Josephus, and how come I don't know more about him? Well. Probably because you have not been hanging out in theological circles. That's probably my uh, circles. problem. Josephus is, um, he's pretty pretty well known within the theological arena because he, he wrote one of the more authoritative histories of the Jewish nation that's outside of what we would consider the canonical Bible. Basically, he was a, and boy, I hope I'm not going to mess this up because you didn't warn me ahead, but he was a Jewish priest. Am I right on that? Melanie? I know he was Jewish, and I know he was a historian. I'm not sure about. Oh, that. good. Okay, so I think I'm, on Wikipedia, I think yeah, I, I think he's I a read Jewish. That. He's a Jewish priest, and basically, he was um, he was also a general, and he was uh, fighting against the Romans. He eventually threw in the towel with them, <laughs> and in order to earn their good favor, started writing a history of the Jewish people for the Romans. At that time, it was a very popular thing for Romans to like to read the stories of the people they'd conquered, and so he started putting it together to uh, provide insight into them. He also kind of was a little bit of 
uh, some of the Jewish people considered him to be a little bit of a turncoat in that he kind of hmm. became very Roman in the way he went about doing things. And so, okay. so he wrote these, I want to say he wrote these uh, after the fall of the Jewish temple. So he would have... He was around when Jesus was alive. He would have been he would have been a young young guy at that point, and he, like I say, he's very contemporary to the disciples and to what we would consider the, the gospel writers. So, so this really just adds more support to the biblical record. Yeah, that it, it does. It's it's he's he's considered to be marginally reliable. Um, there's, there, you know, you go ahead and throw any historian's account of history and, and you'll have five people that poke holes in it. And you're like, oh, you didn't get this right. You didn't get that right. And there are things that Josephus demonstrably does not get right in his, he definitely takes, uh, he definitely tries to take a certain slant to the way that he's doing his history. He wants the Romans to feel proud of being able to conquer the Jewish people, so he sometimes puffs them up to be a little bit more uh, hard to beat than they were. And then, you know, and, and anyway, so there's there's some interesting things in there. The other book that I referenced by uh, Dr. Magnus, who's the UNC archaeology chair, she actually has a, a small section kind of devoted to Josephus and things he wrote. And if you're if you're looking for that book, uh, Randy will have it in the show notes. Uh, that's actually an Audible. I think I yeah I listened to that one on Audible, and it's it's based it off on? of her lectures to her students at UNC, and it's uh, I think it's un- called Uncovering the Holy Land. So really interesting stuff. She's not necessarily Christian, so just that's my little caveat on there. Don't go in expecting to hear a Christian perspective. It's a, it's a secular perspective on the Bible, and it's really fascinating. You'll hmm. you'll learn some things. Well, I found the message to be really interesting, and I sent it to my mom as well because I knew she'd find it interesting. I, I mean, I love anything history, mm-hmm. and so when you get this other kind of supporting cast or supporting people that don't come from the Bible but seem to come up with almost the same thing. Other than the babies, you explained that that Matthew was the only one. Yeah. But but why do you think? Doesn't that doesn't that just drive you crazy when it's kind of an unknown? Or why do you think it's there if nobody else caught it? Or is it just we have to trust it because this is the Bible and maybe not Josephus because he doesn't mention it and he's only what did you say marginally uh, reliable? So you know. <laughs> No, no history includes everything, does it? No, so that's true. just because Josephus doesn't include it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't really mean that it, it what didn't happen or couldn't have happened. At the same time, you know, historians who say, "Well, Matthew's the only one who mentions it; nobody else does," they have a point. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, it's a you can that that's you know when you only have one source as a as a reporter, you kind of look at it a little bit. But that's but at the same time, as a Christian, I consider the Bible to be reliable, and uh, with the worldview that I have, I consider the Bible to be reliable, and so that's why I can take it at its face value the way that I do. And the um, way you described it, it wasn't on a character at all. Not no, not at all. For him to for him to kill twenty babies was not yeah. not even close to over the over the top for for him. Um, based on, I mean, he he was just. When you, when you kill the woman you literally love, I mean, he really loved this woman. He really did. And then, you know, he made his, 
I believe I'm getting this right. He basically made his wife's young brother, the high priest, decide that was a mistake, sent this guy down to Jericho and had him drowned while he was on his trip down to Jericho. Mm. Um, you know, then murders his wife because he's been told by somebody who didn't like her that she was having an affair on him, even though there's no evidence that that happened. Yeah. He was very intent on keeping control of his kingdom. Mm. And in Western culture, we have we have a value on life that I think is generally good. And I shouldn't say generally good. I like it that we have a high value for life. I think that maybe we don't have a high value for all lives um, all the time. It's, it's interesting the lives that get lost that get highlighted versus the ones that don't. Yeah. If somebody's worked in the media, I think that, that you got to acknowledge that. I, that's It is. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. But generally speaking, you don't see mass executions in the United States. You don't see public executions in the States. And Well, not by the in, president, for sure. And in, in, in Josephus's <laughs> time, according to Josephus, the Romans would, would crucify a thousand people at a time well. in a public place. And so the value on life in that time was a little bit less in a public place than in the United States right now. And so when you think about 20 babies being murdered, it's a horrible, horrendous thing, and there's no justifying any time, place, or culture. And yet in that time, place, and culture, it would not have necessarily been considered over the top for a king who was trying to retain his place and thought that a baby might be trying to take his place. And so uh, and I think that's one of the things we kind of have to wrap our minds around with, with Herod, not to excuse it, or to justify it, but to try to understand what was happening in, in, in its context. But honestly, I didn't find that much of a disconnect in the fact that, I mean, we look at Herod, and I, the more that you stop and think about it and all the, the crazy stuff that you highlighted that he did, but thinking about how we react a lot of times, maybe not on the same scale, but the things that we we see Herod doing, trying to take control and trying to have control to make sure every last piece only makes sure that he's, he's the best, he's not challenged. And we're reading a book as staff called Discipleship. And this morning we were talking about how all of this is based in control when you're, when you're moving towards making sure that you have control. And I thought, how many times have we gone about our lives planning and scheming and, well, when I do this, that's going to open this up and then I can do this and then, well, that's totally going to make this available. And we forget to pray about it. We forget to ask God about it. And I, I wonder that, you know, you said that, you know, constant fear leads to violence. And like, how many different forms can that violence take, whether it's emotional, physical, psychological, and how we treat others? And I think we have a lot more in common with Herod than we think sometimes. I think we do, too. And I was glad you mentioned the the fear part, Ken, because I was while I was listening to your sermon, I was thinking about how so many people are driven by their fear of God and the things that they're willing to do because they're driven by their fear of God. And reading the story of Herod 
and his his slaughtering. It's called actually has a name, the slaughtering of the the innocents. Mm. I mean, I think back. I mean, obviously, I identify as a Christian, so I'm 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 making a, a self identification here. But Christianity has has been the villain in history many times, you know. And I think I think that is often driven by a fear of who we think God is and what we think God's expectations are. And when we think about the people that have been driven away from the church, mm. have been driven away from God by people who are telling them, you know, this is this is the only thing that God will accept and you are not this, so God will not accept you. And I know of people who have come to the point in their lives where they feel like they are so unacceptable that they've taken their own lives. And so in that respect, I wonder how responsible we may be ourselves for the slaughter of the innocents. Mm based on our fear of what we think God is or wants. Or what God's willing to put up with Mm -hmm. from us, I think, too. I know when you have that fear and you're just trying, you're rowing up, just like upriver so hard Mm -hmm. that you just, you forget that if you just turned around and let the, Andy used to say something, he said, it's always easier to get a, to get a ship moving after it's out of port. But as long as you move in the right direction, have a little faith that God will, will start to move you. And what you just said just makes me think, I mean, so many people pop in my head right now, mm. friends that I've lost to suicide mm-hmm. and friends that are searching so hard for something right now. And you pray that they find it. But then you also know of the very instances that are holding them back mm-hmm. and you felt the same way. Somehow, you know, everyone deals with it different. Somehow you came out on the other side, at least okay, or able to see God's working in it, but they don't. And then that's what breaks my heart is when you find people that you know are just struggling so hard, but they've never had that confirmation from even us mm-hmm. to be an uplifter. And I would go even further to say that a lot of people who are, you know, sort of outright rejecting God are not actually rejecting God. They're rejecting the picture of God that they've been given. And so I think if people had the opportunity to see an expanded picture of who God is, then maybe it wouldn't be a, you know, an outright rejection. Yeah, that's fair because I think what they see in us is we're always sending out something. We're always portraying something. And if we're calling ourselves Christian, people assume that what we're sending out is the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And whether we're really doing that, if that's our focus and that's our desire even, will show. So whether we're being actively cognizant about, okay, was I really working? Was I... Was, was Jesus in me today? Mm. Was that what I showed in my response to whoever it is? Even if it's Melanie, who's perfectly fine in her faith, but Ken's watching and he's like, man, he was a real jerk to her. I thought he was supposed to be a Christian. Melanie knows Randy and goes, oh, it's okay. He was having a bad day. He didn't get his coffee or whatever. She understands. But that does nothing for Ken, who's just like, man, that guy, I don't know. I mean, why would I want to be a part of any of that? But to think about that, that makes it even heavier to think about how much we influence what people see as that picture, as that picture of God. Mm. Didn't mean to expand the whole 
villain rabbit hole that we just went down. No, no, I think that's I think that's <laughs> sure. good because I think you know honestly that's so much about I think what we tackle on the podcast too is you know people people share with a lot of different people and I get notes from people that I oh I shared it with this friend or that friend mm-hmm. and and so for anyone listening I mean I I hope you know that at least here in this room and at, at, at Whole Life Church. We're very uh, understanding that we are not perfect people mm. in any way. We're all Definitely here broken, not. and we're all here trying to do, to do our best mm-hmm. to be the best reflection of Christ that we can be. But we're just as broken as anybody else, and everybody's welcome mm-hmm. here. And so, yeah, I think there's two responsibilities. I think there's the responsibility of the person that we all we all do need to remember that there are people watching us, and going from being uh, in television, radio news you knew people were watching you yeah. um but there literally. wasn't quite yeah all the time <laughs> and literally <laughs> yes and but you know when you were out in public people were paying attention to the way you behaved and how you act and you represented your organization but um for me a far heavier load has been being a pastor and and just kind of realizing that you know people don't just judge me they don't just judge the Adventist Church, they actually judge God based on that way I behave, and that's that's something that um, I think it's irresponsible for me not to think about and not to be aware of, and to and, and it doesn't mean I'm perfect or figured out how to be perfect, but it is something that I that I think about. It's a weight that that I that I carry and that I think about. The other side of that, though, I think is the responsibility for humanity in general to recognize that people are people. Mm, yep. um, and that, number one, people will make mistakes. You know, we, we've seen plenty of uh, of good people make really bad mistakes. You can, whether it's um, <laughs> David, you know, stealing <laughs> one of his best friend's wife and then murdering the guy, um, that's a pretty that, bad mistake. That's a big one. That's a pretty <laughs> big one. Um, you know, two, two really good people that I know that, that struggle with a lot of various issues, whether it's alcoholism or, or other things that, that, that they struggle with. I think we have to go ahead and say people are people. And, you know, most, most people, in my opinion, are not trying to intentionally, they don't, they don't want to hurt or hurt others. And then the other part of it is just saying, look, there are other times where maybe you can look at somebody's action in in two different ways. You can look at it as they're being rude, or you can think, maybe I just don't understand. Maybe there's, and it's what Brene Brown calls the assumption of good intent. Yep. It's like, didn't I don't like what that person did, but I can also view it as that they weren't, it wasn't as personal as maybe I want it, as I'm telling myself it is, and maybe they felt like they had a good reason for doing what they did. And and that can be a really hard thing when somebody does something that's painful to you or hurtful to you to think, well, maybe they weren't trying to, you know, to do that to me. And, yeah. and, uh, some, and it's a lot easier to be like, oh, they're a horrible person. But um, I think that we also have the responsibility, um, particularly as Christians, to, to have grace mm-hmm. and, to, and to allow people to be people. And also to assume that that sometimes maybe we're misunderstanding intentions or we don't know everything that's going on in that situation. We don't understand that Randy just needed that one cup of coffee that's and life it. would have been okay. It would have been okay. Or, and I think it's it's easy to forget how grace-filled God is. Mm-hmm. And David did that amongst many other things. 
which was a big one, but he was still known as the man after God's own heart. So at the end, God, while not condoning what he did, also was like, yeah, but there's a lot more to David than just this one mistake. There's grace, there's forgiveness, and there's a chance to continue on and, and do something great with your life. <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this reminds me, I was, uh, I was at the car wash this uh, this weekend with my wife. Car wash story, all right, let's yeah. do it, let's and, do it. We transitioned there, didn't we? Yeah, and there were... <laughs> There were three lanes, and the and the the attendant came and opened up a fourth lane. Uh oh! And I'm like, yes. Yeah. So I get into t- behind two other cars that get ahead of me into that lane, but I'm like, yes. And then everything stops. That lane it completely stops, and I am just beginning to become apoplectic with my. Why do I always <laughs> pick the wrong lane? Why? What's wrong with they? They opened it up. Why do they open it up? And we're just going to sit here for the next. Hours waiting to get in, the, and so I'm like going. I'm like, my wife is like, Ken, it's okay. We're just we're having a good time. We've got nowhere that we have to be. I just want to get my car washed. You know, I'm just like losing my mind. And then the <laughs> then the next car pulls up, and the lady uh, brings the thing to close the lane. She goes, just come through. Don't worry about pain. I'm like, oh, thank oh. you. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes in life, maybe just taking a chill pill and just being, uh, you know. Well, frankly, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't hit the gas faster, harder, and just not let two people in front of you. <laughs> that third lane. No, lessons, lessons we all learned. <laughs> and then God comes back. He's like, how about free, Ken? Is that yeah. better? Yeah. So, so how bad was it to sit here for that? And I was like, well, that was definitely worth it. That was it. definitely, that was worth, definitely it. worth the extra five minutes. That, <laughs> had, you, had you known, right? Isn't that life, though? Had you known. All right. Well, as you guys know, we haven't had any uh, any. A response time the last couple of weeks and how many more before we're back to normal that's two more messages yeah. right yeah this- uh let's see so we've got the 17th we've got the 24th and then and when- then january no wait 31st 31st so we got three more yet. three more all right well uh actually i think we made i guess on the 31st i don't guess we're not doing a response, but we're still going to be interactive. Interactive. So, so maybe we'll be able to work that so in. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Maybe. Could be. <laughs> and then what do you have planned, Melanie, after the, the beginning of the year? Oh, I have all the things planned. You have to wait and find out. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I will be patient. Perfect. That's right. Five extra minutes or five, five weeks. Minutes. Whatever. Yes. Whatever it is. So I have been scouring the socials, checking out the DMs, and you know, always podcast at wholelife.church, 407-965-1607. You can always text us, email, leave a voicemail, and we will take your questions, even though there isn't a spot in the message to do so. Even the chat, we were checking that out this week. But Sean Rhymes, this was uh, he posted this on Instagram Saturday evening. He said, good evening, the end of another week and closer to Christmas. I watched the second half of the sermon this morning on YouTube. And anyway, I'm a firm believer in the writing of Josephus. I believe he was God's ace. God knew that self-righteous religious leaders would do things to God's word to discredit it. Because Josephus was a historian in his day and not a writer for God's word. The self-righteous religious leaders didn't corrupt it. I hope you have a blessed week and I look forward to hearing back from you. So cool. I was thinking that another, and I heard from multiple, I, it was the thing that really got me the most out of the message, other than 
you know, we really shouldn't be. Uh, Josephus got you the most. But but but, but just <laughs> but really the history and Saint Josephus and right maybe and we'll have to talk about that and we'll give you a ruling by next uh, next podcast. I can episode. give you a ruling right now. <laughs> no, he's not a saint. Oh <laughs> man, there was no drama till next week. He just uh, that's it. Dropped the mic. But good guy. Well, actually, I don't even know if I'll go that far, but he was, he was a good historian. How about that? But it was really... He was a good pre-enlightenment historian. There you go. Yeah. There you I like go. that. We can, we can agree on that. Uh, but I, I think the way the message, the way you worked him into the message was very interesting and not something that you typically hear at Christmas. And it really got everybody's attention, whether it was you know somebody online or just people ruining about afterwards. I talked to Tony Marino. Him and I were talking after the message and... Like I said, I sent it to my mom because I knew she'd find it interesting. She's like, make sure you don't forget to send me next week's link. Tony listens to this, right? I think he does. I think he does. When he's not producing episode, his own podcast. Episode 350. Tony, help us out. Mm. He's going to be helping Princess us out. Princess oh, Castle. Princess Castle. Oh, we just, still... Th- just, just saying. Well, Tony. All right. Tony and I are going to have lunch um, either this week <laughs> or next week. So hold on. Princess Castle, Tony. Yeah. All right. You got that all day. Okay. You got it. Podcast 350. Lunch, Tony. And while you're writing all that down, I'd like to address another important issue. Uh oh. What's coming up? I have had multiple people Uh come up to me before and after services and ask me a question that I have to believe because I've been told if one person asks you as a pastor a question, yeah. Then there's probably at least ten or fifteen other people that are thinking the same thing, and they're not saying. Have you heard that too, you Melanie? So? Is that do you think that's true? Hmm. Okay. So the answer is yes. I have lost weight. <laughs> wow. I was like, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so, no, it's noticeable. No, you look, I'm just well. You're looking thank felt. You. Good thank job. you. I'm, I'm just excited about that. So. <laughs> And I, I really did have people asking me that, just for the record. Just I didn't want to just. And I'm not just getting on here yeah. bragging, although I would have done it anyway. But as, yeah, you know, as we all with the extra COVID nineteen or twenty five or thirty that we haven't uh, let go of. And yet. yet, who right before this podcast was talking about Jeremiah's? I I don't know. We have till five p.m., but it doesn't matter That's to right. you listening. Because hey, you know what? I, it like is that. a combination of, of what you eat and <laughs> how working hard out. Do, how so. hard do you work out? At least for another four or five years, and then it's just all downhill after is that. It? Okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. Well, one of this week's Whole Life Reflections asked, what would it look like if Jesus had control over your fears? And I think I can, I'll can. i answer at least to the fact that every so often when I'm really good at it and just like do all the right things and for a week or two and or more, that it feels really good. Because mm-hmm. I think the fear that we have of not letting him take control is much worse than the unknown of, man, he could really take me someplace crazy. <laughs> Well, maybe because if, if I do that, right? I think it's two different times of two different types of scared. Fear. Well, I think if Jesus had control of my fears, maybe I wouldn't have fears. Totally, maybe they would think, totally go. I don't know. If he took total control of it, then I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have to hang on to any of them. <laughs> maybe I've never really been totally. Sounds fearless. like a conversation for another podcast. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but but it's nice. It's Join nice us to next think. time when we walk on water. <laughs> We're gonna have to we're gonna have to flood the the overflow parking lot. Maybe we can make it work there. It's practice. Practice. No, I, I just I I mean it's seemingly a, a a simple question, but yet I don't know if, if I've ever totally just felt like no fear whatsoever. 
but pretty close sometimes. I feel like, you know, you get into, sometimes you just really feel that relationship and you just go, you know, whatever comes, comes. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. It doesn't seem to last long enough. And so I'm sure that's something I'm missing in there that I'm not doing completely right. But anyway, I just thought that was something to think about. Yeah, what would it be like? I think for me, you know, I, I think I tend to probably process it a little bit like Melanie said, where maybe I wouldn't have any fears, but then the rational part of me thinks there's always going to be something <laughs> I want to be afraid about yeah. what, or whatever. And and so I guess for me, if I were to give Jesus complete control of all my fears, for me, it would probably look a little bit like when I start feeling afraid, going and spending more time with him rather than trying to figure it out myself, mm-hmm. yeah. which is what Herod tried to do. He tried to figure it out himself. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's good anyway, to think so that's, about right I think there. that's for me the thing is that I don't know that it would remove all fear from my life, but it would mean that instead of trying to solve the issue myself, I would try to relax and let Jesus solve solve it. I think that's a good way to describe it, because I think sometimes when you when you kind of leave it to Jesus and you go, man, I'm not sure where this is going, but at least I'm not worried about the outcome. Still maybe different kinds of fear, but I think it's still, I still think it's a better type of fear that we just need to work that. If we work that last little bit out, man, that could be really good. So quick shout out to, to Lee. I didn't catch your last name. It was at the uh, little get together uh, on Friday night and also a special hello to Mr. Tim Nashville. Tim. <laughs> Had a wonderful, kind of wonderful conversation. I'm talking about Lee Bennett. <laughs> no, um, he was a t- tall gentleman and um, he told me he listens to the podcast every week and loves it. And so it was just, I uh, don't remember his, he told me his last name and I, Lee, I'm sorry. Oh, that's, yeah, Numa's husband. Yes, yes. Um, and that's and I'm, I don't, my I, last name. But that not. Like, that's your claim to fame, Lee. You are Numa's husband. Yeah. Well, the first time, the, yeah, I've been Heather's Numa's husband for a long time. Uh, one of our our worship coordinators, and so and and Lee's awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. So thanks for listening, Lee. Yeah. yeah. Special shout. He said doesn't miss. So that would uh, that's wonderful. We appreciate that. All right. Our final thoughts are from the near of. Near ending of Ken's message. I don't know why I wrote it that way. I don't like it. I'll try better. I'll try better next Just time. Just edit that out. I can edit that out probably, but well, what's the difference? I'm we're being transparent now, aren't we? <laughs> Jesus invites you today to not be afraid of him, but to come to him and find peace in him. In a violent, hard, mean, nasty world that we live in today, Jesus wants to be your Prince of Peace this Christmas season. And if there was any way to give him control over your fears. That sounds like a pretty good way to hit the Christmas season. So next week we are in part, that's going to be what? Part four, Arise to Unexpected Opportunities. Yeah, we're the looking innkeeper. at the innkeeper and the shepherds. We're going to do oh. a compare and contrast. Innkeeper and shepherds. Yeah. I missed that part. Okay. No, no, no. It's okay. I just, I do what I want to do. I put the notes down, then I do what I'm going to do anyway. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> So when so it comes, that's, to, not, that's not your fault. When it comes to titling episodes, I guess I just do what I want, right? <laughs> just, just put it, just want. put it in. Just kind of keep in mind we we make these things up months ahead of time, and then I actually sit down and write the sermon about a week before the thing, and it, it, yeah. and things change. I'm like, yeah, I, didn't, I I looked at the I was looking at the text all wrong. Now I want to look at it this way. So yeah, well, that yeah. works. We can do that. All so right, we're gonna be so. Oh yes, yeah, we did so have, ne- yeah. so this next week. It, really, it's it's it's. Uh, I, if I were gonna, if I could retitle the sermon, I'd call it "Finding Your Joy." Finding your joy, hmm. and it's it's the difference between the innkeeper and the oh and the shepherds finding your joy. Anyway, so okay. and after this the service, week, right? 
What? Something special after the service? Yes, it's really important. After the service this week, after second service, we are having a little cupcakes and and a celebration, a little drop-in and say thank you to Richard and Tammy for 11 plus years of service yeah, um, in, in the roles that they're in. I know that uh, Tammy's been serving here at the church longer than that in other roles. And so we want to just... Uh, Thank them for what they've what they've done. This is uh, Richard's last official Sabbath in his role, and uh, and then Tammy's last official will be the thirty first, and then and then uh, Melanie will be flying solo. That's and right. so there you go. So, yes. but we're we're really wanting to go ahead and do a little reception for them after the the uh, second service. Um, if you come to first service, that's okay. If you bring a card or you want to write in one of the books that we have out in the lobby, those will be out there. If you're not able to stay f- through, you just are going to miss out on the cupcakes. That's all. Yeah. You won't have to take your uh, metformin after that, so you'll be fine. But this is a big—this Sabbath is our 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 big Christmas celebration, so this is a great Sabbath. I've already had um, shout-out to Dale, who told me he's going to bring two friends of his to nice. the uh, to, to this. He's invited to come, and I've heard from a number of our church members who have invited uh, friends, family, uh, colleagues from work. So maybe first service is your best bet. It, it's going to be—I am going to tell you, it's going to be a full house. <laughs> uh, for sure, second service, I think, yeah. we'll be looking for space, and— I'm I'm thinking first service will be pretty full too. So yeah. you know, come early, come early, and make sure that your guests get the right seats. And if you didn't bring guests, you know, make sure that our guests get good seats. Mm-hmm. That's true too. Yeah. yeah, that's true too. Excellent. Well, that's going to do it for this week. So thanks everybody for listening. And now is a perfect time of year. Share the podcast. It's, you can make this your Christmas gift. There you go. Just yeah, take the like link that. and put it in a nice text message. And then you can just be like, Merry Christmas. Thought you might like something to listen to on your way to work or while you have lunch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are pretty good. Not bad anyway. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Great. <laughs> oh, great. So a great We were Christmas. good before, but now that Melanie's here, here, we're great. That's right. Yes. And we're working now towards being <laughs> awesome. <laughs> It's going to happen. That's the direction. It's the direction. (laughs) Only upward from here. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.